You're listening to the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast with Chris and Garrett. Hello, and welcome to the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast. I'm Chris, and tonight, Garrett and I continue our Spooktober celebration with another werewolf-themed film. From 1985, it's Stephen King's Silver Bullet. This movie marks the fourth collaboration between King and producer Dino De Laurentiis, and the third to be shot in and around Wilmington, North Carolina, which happened to be the home for De Laurentiis' film studio at the time. Silver Bullet is based on King's novella, Cycle of the Werewolf, and it also marks King's first gig as a screenwriter, adapting his own work for the big screen. The movie was met with mixed reviews when it was released, but in the years since, the movie has gained a warm reception and is considered by many to be a solid adaptation of King's work. With terrific performances from Gary Busey, Corey Haim, Bill Smitrovich, and Everett McGill, Silver Bullet is not just a perfect addition to our October lineup here at the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast, but it's also a favorite of ours. Be sure to check out Garrett's YouTube channel, All Things 80s with Garrett, for more information about the filming locations for Silver Bullet. There's some great stuff over there if you want to learn more about where the movie was filmed. And now, grab your legally acquired copy of the movie and join Garrett and me for our movie commentary of Stephen King's Silver Bullet. So, hey, hey um, when I think said the recording and process, it sounded like the narrator for the from the movie. <laughs> I did. You know, the funny thing is. Um, so I, I watched a little bit of this today just to kind of familiarize myself because there are parts of it I remember vividly because, you know, when that movie came out, um, that was that kind of a, a pivotal time. You know, as a teenager, it was a horror movie. Um, yep. it, it checked all the, it was shot in North Carolina. It was Stephen King. It was like, it checked all the boxes for me, but there was the beginning of it wasn't, it was a little fuzzy for me because I, I haven't seen it in a long time. And it seems like anytime it would be on TV, there's one scene. And I've talked about this before, how there are some movies that they will show up on TV, but I always hit them at the same time. I never catch it at the beginning. This is one of those. And I'll point out the scene when we're watching it. It is the, it's like clockwork. If that movie's on, I'm going to catch it at this scene and this scene only. Um, but I, I watched some of it this morning or this, uh, this afternoon, I mean, during lunch to just reorient myself to it. And I had completely forgotten about the narrator. And, and as soon as I heard her voice, it all came back to me. And I remember when this movie came out and I saw it and that narrator, there's two thoughts that I had. One, it's like you don't really need the narrator's voice in this movie. It's not really necessary. You could tell this movie would do just fine without it. Secondly, and this is just, you know, me being, a, you know, a 15, 16 year old, just thinking I was the funniest person, or at least to myself, I thought I was the funniest person. I thought <laughs> this movie would have been a lot more interesting. If that if they keep the narrator, but they get the guy from a Christmas story to do the narration, I would have totally loved Gene Shepard doing the narration for Silver Bullet. 
<laughs> well, I'm glad you mentioned that because at the very beginning of the movie, we'll, and we'll hit it here in a minute, but they do the the guy at the beginning who dies, um, and he's yeah. the he's the manager yeah. from, from from Major League, major league or maybe yeah. Major League, and yeah, he's, he's, been a, he's been a lot of stuff. Yep. He's been a lot of stuff, but he's singing Ryan Gold beer. Okay. A jingle for this called Ryan Gold. Ryan yeah. Gold, I think it's called yeah, Ryan Gold yeah. beer. Well, Gene Shepard used to do commercials, radio commercials for yeah. Ryan Gold beer. This is hilarious. And so there's there's commercials out there. I'm, I'm going to do a video when I do. I'm going to put, awesome. I'm putting that in, I'm putting that in the video. That's like awesome. where, where you can hear, because even one time he even says, my old man, you, you said that about my old man. I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. And you know, raw gold beers. It's it's the it's got you know that's natural. It's got you know only good enough, man, it's good enough for you. Yeah, I mean something like that. It was pretty yeah. wild that you know that you said yeah, that. I just when I was listening to her talk, and I don't know who the actress is that did the voiceover. It's um, no offense to That'd her. Be nice because I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to contact her to to do. To do a piece on, yeah, I, I, I'm sure. I, I, I doubt I will get. I doubt I'll make it happen. Especially after sure what I, I said at the outset, I don't think we needed her. <laughs> I don't think she's necessary to this movie. No, it's uh, you know, I'll tell you her name. I'll tell you her name in a minute. It's 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 a Jewish name, and um, oh, it's Tova Felcher. Yeah, she is Tova Felcher. She was. Um, I think that's how you say her name. She was on The Walking Dead. She's a terrific actress. Um, yes, yeah, she's. I'm not just yeah, saying that. Backpedaling. Yeah, I'm not just saying that to backpedal on this. She's not only a terrific actress. Um, I've seen her in other stuff as well. She. Um, what was the movie? In addition to yeah, Tova. Oh, yeah, Fel, how you say it? Tova Feldish. I think I think Felsh? it's Fel, Felcha. 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 Okay, I want to make sure I say it correctly. I know she's she's best known for theater. She's she's a stage actor, right? Yes. Um, yes. But she, in addition to The Walking Dead, and she was really good. She was only on The Walking Dead for less than a season, but was a really, really good character. She was the type of character I wish they had, had held on to and kept her because um, but she was good. I'm trying to remember what else I saw her in. But you know what? It's funny because I, if you had told me that beforehand, I would have been like, really? That's her? Because like, I don't know. And granted, the movie was, you know, several, several years ago. Um, but uh, coming up on 36, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's hard to believe. Yeah, it is hard. But it's like, I don't know. She just she sounds very different. Um, but I, and it's not so much it's not so much her performance as a narrator. I think part of it is. The reason why I don't think it's so necessary, I, I kind of generally think narrators are not necessary to movies. It's kind of like, you know, movies are a visual medium. If you can't convey stuff visually, you know, if you have to have somebody do a voiceover and narrate stuff, it's kind of like, nah. I mean, the only time it really works is like a Christmas story, you know, where it's like the narrator is not just telling you what's going on. He's commenting on it. Like he's actually, it's not so much a narrator as a commentator. And so um, I'm trying to remember, I think it was uh, Harrison Ford when he did Blade Runner. Uh, the studio wanted to add narration to it. And he was like adamantly against it. 
I think even the director was. And I remember Ford said something along the lines of, you don't need it. It's not necessary. It's like the story, the, the movie stands on its own. You don't need to explain this stuff. The audience will figure it out. And so that kind of always stayed with me. And so it's kind of like, if the narrator is not adding value in what they're saying, and I think in this case, so the reason why I don't think having a narrator in this movie works is because it doesn't really add anything to it. I mean, it's just kind of commenting on, you know, like the sister saying things about, but I don't know. It's not, it's not the actress's fault by any stretch. I think it's more with the writing. No, I mean, I think no. King King chose to do that. I, I guess. I mean, he either chose to do he it. Did. or I think it's in the screenplay. Yeah. And, and it may be that he came up with that idea. It may also be that the studio or the director said, Hey, we need to add narration here. Um, I, you know, what's wild is that you know we, we just did Stand by Me, and they had narration in it. But this movie came, yeah. it came a whole year. It came a whole year before before Stand by Me. So it's not yeah. like, and and that's you know it's funny you bring that up too because that's also a case where there they 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 tried to make the narrator almost a subplot where it's like Gordy grown up and he's just finding out that Chris was killed, and so it's kind of like a subplot where. He's just found out that his childhood friend died. And so he's remembering back to when they were young and they spent so much right. time together. So I, I kind of excuse it that, you know, that's like maybe an exception to the rule, but there are times though where I feel like the, the narration does like what Gene Shepard did in a Christmas story. It's adding, it's commenting on things. Like, so like the whole thing with the junkyard scene of the dog, you know, where he says, you know, He's like, he said sick him, chopper, but or whatever he says, but I heard him say chopper, sick balls, you know, whatever. It's that yeah, kind of exactly. you know, adding some and you don't get and 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 that doesn't happen in this movie. I don't think I don't think there's anything no, like that. Girl, she doesn't like, add commenting. I mean, she's playing, she's playing Jane. She's Jane's voice grown up. That's yeah. the deal. But yeah. I don't, but there's not much, there's not much that she's adding to the yeah, to the, that's to that's the, the that's the reaction I had listening to it today. It's just that uh, it brought back memories of when I saw the movie the first time. Thinking like, I don't know, it just it didn't to me. It didn't fit. Um, and, and there are times like when I was watching it this afternoon where I just kind of tuned out the narration just to kind of like focus on what was going on, and I felt like, okay. I'm, I'm getting the story here. Like, this is not really telling me anything I, I either don't already know or need to know. So you can't, uh, or you can't assess from the situation. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you can't gauge yeah. on your own as a, yeah. as a viewer. What's interesting is that, you know, cycle of the werewolf, there is no narration like that. It's purely told, you know, like in, in um, third person, um, it's, you know, like a, like, just omniscient writer, author, you know, telling, you know, so-and-so did this. And then they, it's not really like from the perspective of a character telling the story. Right. And another interesting thing is that the book spans a year, whereas the movie only spans like, you know, spring to or summer to fall or something like that. It's only a short. Well, it, it does say spring, but it like, it jumps to summer really quick. It so it's not, it does. yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not like it's, yeah, and it's, but, uh, you know, I got to say, this was one that, um, I mean, from what I, from what I remember, 
uh, it did pretty well at the box office. It made almost double its budget. Uh, it critically, it wasn't well received, which I think at that point it was kind of like my mindset was if it's got Stephen King on it, the critics are not going to like it. I mean, this was before stand by me. Um, it just always seemed like anytime there was a Stephen King movie, it, the movie could be great. And I think, you know, Silver Bullet's not a perfect film, but it's not a bad film. I think it's an entertaining no, film. It's it's a good werewolf. I mean, as modern werewolf films go, I mean, it's it's pretty good. Um, uh, you know, I, mean, I, I think the only thing it could have it could have been scarier. Oh yeah, yeah. To me, I mean, I just mean, I think I saw, it was like this is not R. This is PG thirteen. Yeah, I, yeah. There's a there, there's a little bit of language. And I mean, that may have had something to do That's with it, maybe, but it wasn't because of, it really wasn't because of the, now I've read stuff in comments from people and stuff saying like they were kids, like watching this for the first time and it scared the crap out of them and all this kind of stuff. But, but then they say, but now as an adult, I'm laughing at some of the stuff that I'm seeing. And so I think it kind of shows about where you are when you watch this. If you were like, if you know, like if you were anywhere between like 12 to 14, yeah. It may have scared you for the first time. If you're yeah. older than that, then probably it's like, you know, you may have been like, oh, you know, oh, that was a little, that was a little tense, but it wasn't, you know, nothing yeah. overly gruesome. Yeah. Um, and this is also, you know, at a time period, this was, you know, early mid eighties and, you know, slasher movies, you know, movies that had gore. I mean, it, it really kind of amped up that decade. And, and I'm with you, like what those comments that you just shared, like some of the scenes that I saw today, I remember, thinking, wow, I mean, when I first saw it as a teenager, I'm like, whoa, like, dude gets his head cut off or, you know, oh, yeah. gets his head bashed in with a bat, you know, whatever. Yeah. And like watching <laughs> now, it's like, you know, having, you know, the 36 years since, you know, like special effects and gore having have gotten much more sophisticated and realistic and all that. And, and directors have upped the ante, you yes. know. Yes, I mean. Tarantino. I mean, even 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 in oh, non horror films, yeah. they have upped the ante. So it's like it makes it makes horror films have to do it even more so. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, so you have to, yeah. So you have to base it on where where it was in the time frame of where this is. You know, absolutely. You know, and I think to me, I'm reminded of when Stephen King talks about his growing up years. And about how he would always love to go to the movie theater to see scary movies. And he would talk about some of these really like low budget, bad, so bad they're good kind of horror movies. And I think that's what he made. Like, you know, when he started having movies made based on his stories. Um, now, some of them, you know, Oscar worthy, you know, some of them are critically acclaimed in the years since. But I think these early ones he was basically making the kind of movie that he would have wanted to go see. And just what he described about the movies that he did see when he was growing up and when he was a young adult, I mean, if, if he had not created silver bullet, if somebody else had, he would have been in the theater watching it and it would have been the kind of movie that he would have definitely, you know, geeked out on. And so when you look at it from that perspective, you know, to me, I just see it for what it is. It's an entertaining movie. And, you know, it doesn't aspire to be, you know, this critically acclaimed movie. It's just, it's, it's designed to be entertaining and thrilling and scary. Right. 
in some places. And I think it does a good job at that. And uh, so, yeah, so I've, I'm and actually, this is one, I know there are some movies where we're less than like, you know, enthusiastic about watching them, but after watching the little bit that I watched today, I was like, I'm really looking forward to watching all of this and, and watching that part again. Um, because just watching the first, you know, 30 minutes of it, it brought back a lot of memories, good memories. And uh, yeah. So oh, yeah, really stoked I have a notebook somewhere that I have of it's, it's, it's been through the ringer, but it's where I kept like, I had like all my, like my VCR tapes, yeah. like I had them listed like G1, G2, G3. And, and under each thing, it said like, you know, it may be like Commando or yeah. Blood Sports and, you know, and some Chuck Norris stuff, like in my Mission Impossible or Mission, I felt Mission, Mission in Action, yeah. uh, you know, stuff like that. I mean, all kind of different stuff, Team Wolf, whatever. Yeah. But one of those, and I got it somewhere that I need to try to find it because we really need to show it. Uh, at some point in time, but it's like one of those was Silver Bullet. I like I had rented it, copied it, had my own, you know, whatever. And so like, yeah, this is one of the movies that I like, you know, like that I watched, I liked, I enjoyed. Uh, and and yeah, I mean, there's probably there. I mean, there there are other werewolf movies that are probably better. It's just, but I tell you what, but like, I mean, I was a huge Corey Corey Ham fan, and, and and became even more so after this movie. I mean, he he. he you could tell that that the kid's got got some skill because he's only like tw- he's twelve years old when he does this movie. Absolutely. I mean, he's he, he turns thirteen right after mm-hmm. he finishes it, but but you could tell that the kid can act, and it's and it's a shame to see, you know, like knowing the full story going forward <sighs> about you know like in the future, but mm-hmm. but but as a but but as a teenager myself, and I know you probably experienced this too. I've thought the whole the whole wheelchair silver bullet thing was just like so cool. It was um, even as a grown up, I've watched this and I go, Oh my gosh. I was like, I want one of that. It's like, that's really, it's yeah. really cool. Um, you bring up something that, I mean, we can talk more about as we watch. Um, but yeah, I, I've, I was watching this again today to get ready for this tonight. Um, I, I really love how, you know, he's the main character. And there are some there's some scenes that we'll talk about when we get we get to them that I really was moved by the way they handled certain things and and I couldn't agree more. Haim is really good in this movie, and you're right. It's like seeing him when he you know was 12 and just you kind of see all of that potential, and then when you know what happens, it's just it's it's heartbreaking. Of course, it's, yeah. It's just such a such a sad yeah, it is. situation, sad story. And let's see, I'm I'm curious. I've not. This is one thing I did not look up prior to. I should have, but let's see where it fits in. So yeah, I mean, he does like two more movies to come out after this, and then Lucas comes out. And I thought, you know, that is, and, and that's another one of my favorite Corey Haim films is yeah. Lucas. I thought I thought his acting in there is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's like that's a that's a definitely a what are you going to call that under? I mean, not underdog, but I mean, it's right. it's one of those that doesn't get enough. It doesn't get enough credit. Um, it really is. I mean, I mean, like especially watching watching this like after we watch it, but watching this, seeing Lucas and then seeing like Lost Boys, which mm-hmm. is not too far after Lucas. 
and you just see that these are different characters and he does a great job. I mean, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, he has some talent and I don't, you know, I don't know what would have happened if he would have, if he could have stayed uh, off drugs and everything else. I don't, you know, as an adult, if he could have made the leap from child actor, really good child actor to, to really good adult actor, but, uh, I would have liked to have been able to see, you know, just to see if he really could have. Um, yeah, I, I think that whole situation, you know, if if he had been, if he had had more of the right people around him and less of the wrong oh, cool. people, I, I mean, watching this movie, and I'm just going to go on record and just say it, I think Corey Haim was more talented than Corey Feldman. I mean, Feldman has done some great work in his career. Like we just watched Stand By Me and I think he's absolutely terrific in that. But I just, I think Haim, if if any of the, if either of them, if you, you know, if you had those two and you could pick one who could go on to like superstardom, I mean, like really, you know, be like A-lister type performances, I, I would have bet on Haim. I think he just watching the, the little bit that I watched today. Um, I mean, it's just like, this kid is good. I mean, for, you know, I'm thinking about my own kids and like, you know, my middle child is close to Corey's age in this movie. And it's like, it's amazing to me. This kid at that age was, was doing a movie, a lead role in a movie. And he was, he was carrying it pretty well. Um, and he was really his acting off of Gary Busey. I mean, it was just, oh yeah it's, yeah it's like you really buy into their relationship just the few scenes that i saw um to recap but um well i don't know about you but i'm like all this talking about it <laughs> like i want to fire this let's, thing yeah, up yeah but let's get it going we'll talk some more yeah. as we go we'll go, yeah yeah so, i'm good uh, with that so let me get my setup here already so i got the movie queued up your legally acquired copy of that's right that's right yeah say it that's right so for those of you joining us tonight for Stephen King's Silver Bullet from 1985 with Gary Busey and Corey Haim, you have your legally acquired copy synced up. We're going to be syncing up ours uh, at zero, and I will count us down. So, Silver Bullet in three, two, one, play. tell you these ear uh ear pods. i got paramount you got paramount or you're i've got studio canal oh okay i mean yours is not different then yeah i think mine's like a the service i got i get it off. okay am i saying dino de la Renta's presents okay, let me jump a your... little bit because the paramount logo hasn't come up yet okay i'm gonna pause it I, mine says stephen king silver boy i got my pause you tell me when you get there okay i'm gonna Yep, go ahead and unpause. Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Hopefully everybody else can catch up to that. You got a moon? Uh, yeah, now I do. Okay, I'm going to pause a second. Okay, yeah, we're good. Gary Busey? Yep. His name's yeah. on there. We're getting this down to a science. <laughs> Everett McGill? Everett McGill, the bad guy of 80s movies. There's the man, Corey Haim.
and this oh and this movie and this one thing about it's it has a it's like the soundtrack is really it's kind of like it has these really sweet moments like it's like and then all of a sudden it's like bam it's like i was thinking watching it today the music's really good in this i'd forgotten it's it's you know it gets the job done yeah it's it just it it oh Oh, and then we can see our. Oh, this is important. Armando is the director. The director of photography, which he does. A year later, he does Maximum Overdrive. Loses his eye. Loses his eye on that, but. Yep. So this is interesting. It says spring of '76, and let's yeah. remember that later. Yeah. I don't think they're always. Um, Rangel. There's that Rangel beer I was telling you about. It's not bitter. It's not sweet. It's a real frosty treat. One of these days, I'm going to coach a major league team. <laughs> yes, you will. You can keep. You can keep your head about you. Weird seeing it without a mustache. Yeah, that's so it said there's screenplay by Stephen King. I I think he did a better job of writing this screenplay yeah. than he did a maximum overdrive oh, totally. screenplay. This is a much better and I'm not and and I'm not dissing at all because you know you know I like maximum overdrive. It's just that I think he had a better his screenplay's better. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think I, the character development is better. Absolutely. And I think, and I think some of that is because oh, Daniel I think um, trucks, I think trucks had such a, such a small little story. He had to like totally. Yeah. Like expand that big time where I think he had a, a more of a story for a cycle of the werewolves that he could make that. That's my take. There we go. It's the first. I just want to see this old guy just go, oh, in response. Don't need to know. This is a. So, this actor right here, this kid. um, Yep. I I was trying to remember because. he looks so familiar to me. So his name is Joe Wright. And about the same time this movie came out, maybe in a year before, somewhere around in there, he did a TV movie with Michael J. Fox and Nancy McKeon called Poison Ivy. It was oh, a yeah. balls knockoff. He plays like the problem kid, like the kid who's always like causing trouble. Oh, man, I was a huge, I mean, I'm I mean, I'm still a big Michael J. Fox fan. Yeah. But I've watched uh, any anything of Michael J. Fox I saw. So I and yeah, I knew. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Good old Terry Quinn. Terry O'Quinn. Yeah. So he's a reverend, but he's wearing a priest's collar. What is he like? What is it? Episcopalian or 
well, it's a Christian church that's on the on the sign. Yeah. But in the screenplay, he's it's it's um, I, I've re- I read part of the screenplay just because I was just being yeah. a nerd about this. But it's it, yeah, he's supposed to be he's supposed to be a whole a Catholic priest, priest in right. the priest in the in the screenplay. Gotcha. And there's supposed to be a Methodist minister on stage as well. It's kind of like a Protestant and a Catholic thing. Oh. But I mean, like I mean, like cooperation, nothing. I mean, like no, like no you know, anything like against each other. It's just like, it's supposed to show the whole community. It's like, it's like a combo Taco Bell KFC. We got Protestant. Right. One building. Yeah. I mean, but they, but I think they kind of like, you know, obviously they kind of got rid of some, well, like, oh, we don't need another. Carolina, they're like, there aren't many Catholic churches down here in 1985. Well, this is still supposed to be Maine. I mean, even though they don't, they, they never say Maine, but yeah, this is, You booger. booger. And that's a Stephen King line, by the uh, way. That's. It's your oven, but I eat my bun in it. <laughs> wow. That's that's a classy guy right there, man. Seriously. And this is a classic thing of, you know, you got to. As well as we do. shot it. You got a child with the issue. I mean, it doesn't have to be being a crippled, as they want to call it, a handicap. But, yeah. but mom is totally takes up, and and the dad goes pumpkin. Yeah. Now listen to your mom, pumpkin, yeah. and just stuff. I mean, I know it's just the like dad in this movie is just like, hmm. yeah. They didn't give him. They didn't give him much. Sorry, it's like yeah. just be kind of just you know. Almost be condescending, almost. Yeah. You know what? Little I watched earlier today is I, I'm. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to carry the bag of groceries while you help lug your brother out of the car. <laughs> Don't sweat the small stuff, Janie. She's like, I gotta, I gotta, 
I got my my skirt's got dried up mud on it. Uh-huh. My hose are torn. What do you call that when you you call that on something? When you call that when you said this was oh exposition, like an exposition yeah. there, give us a little exposition. heads up of what's the yep little Uncle Red what's to come. That's right. Exposition. Oh, oh, we can. Are we had a narrator? Why didn't why the narrator just tell us what that was? Exactly. So this actress, Megan, follows. She's best known um, for uh, Anne of Green Gables, the miniseries in the 80s. I know my sister watched that. Yep. It's like little moments like this in the movie. It's like, it's just, you know, you almost forget. It's like, this is a horror movie about a werewolf. It's actually the sweet little family. Right. Well, I think that's what King was, you yeah, know, I, I think, think that was the whole point. He was trying to like. I got to say, we talked about Haim and we talked about Busey, but the sister, Megan Follows, she's really good in this. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of. I mean, you can't blame her for saying booger because that was Stephen King wrote it. So you can't, exactly. can't, get, can't get on to her. Yeah. That's the whole fault. You booger. I hate you, you booger. Yeah. No, she's believable as well. I mean, you can tell that she, you know, it's like the like the big sister who's annoyed by her little brother, but at the same time, you can tell that she she does care. It's appetizer. Oh, look, it's headshot. Over the cheek and past the gums. Watch out, stomach. Here it comes. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> this is like, what? It's a bit extreme, lady. Well, that's the. Uh, like, I'm going to take first. care of that for you, lady. So one of the things I noticed in this movie is that, like, you know, this is a very intelligent werewolf. It's almost like, you know, he's not just a wild animal killing people outside. It's like he's he's kind of calculated. He's almost like a werewolf serial killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what I think that's what the town, like the town thinks that it's a serial killer and not a werewolf at all. These kids and their rock and roll music. Okay, you're, okay, grandmas or moms finding this gun, but watch, 
she pauses way too long at the yeah. doors. Like, it's so dark in here. I can't shoot it. Too late. And drop the gun. Yeah. I mean, great if it went off, but she dropped it. <laughs> Discharged. Life is simple here in Tucker's Mills. So Tucker's Mills is actually a place that's named in some of uh, Stephen King's stuff. It's like adjacent to Castle Rock and Derry and Salem's Lot. <laughs> yeah, it's the, what, what's the one from Under the Dome? It's another meal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was the name of it? Uh, I should know this. And, uh, I should know it as well. Chester's Mill. Chester's Mill. Thank you. They are, they are supposedly side by side as well, adjacent. And supposedly, so they're known as the twin mills. Yeah. And I'll give you, I'll give you a fun tidbit about that in a little bit, but not shit. Oh, yeah? Well, I know a guy who wears an imitation leather jacket and a beard thinking he's like Al Pacino in Carlito's way. I mean, it's like, what is this back in the yeah. So vote for me. Ooh, sick <laughs> there as the bartender. Try to be smart. <laughs> There's the peacemaker. <laughs> now who's drinking? <laughs> now that actor played uh, Joe Dellinger, or no, uh, what's his name? Joe Dellinger. Um, what's um, which actor? That the bartender. Yeah, Lawrence Tierney. He was. Yeah. Uh, he was in Reservoir Dogs, and um, yes, yeah, he's he almost got fired from Reservoir Dogs too. Did. By the and way, I tell you what, apparently there's a lot to that guy. Like, there's speculation he killed he killed a guy or something. I mean, he's yeah. he plays a tough guy. It's because he is a tough guy. Gotcha, babe. Shake and bake, and I hail. Yeah. Oh, I know it's supposed to be Maine, but she is she is North Carolina through and through. Oh, her dad is a piece of work. Let me oh, yes, wait, yes. wait for this. This oh, is yeah. this is hilarious. <laughs> Dear God, make me a bird so I can <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, we thought Jenny's dad was bad. This guy's got him beat. <laughs> Timmer. Timmer. I know, so I can see Emma, but it's like, Timmer. So that actress, she was born in Raleigh. Hear that? <laughs> 
Electrocute them all. He's a Nazi. I know it's like. Oh, well. Now let me go get my welfare check. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, he's. He could just get a Mr. Fusion put in the back of that thing. Easy. <laughs> Kept 88 miles. Hey, that. That thing gets souped up later on. I bet it can hit 88 miles per hour. Um, uh, um, uh, You're messing with me, man. Quit uh, screwing with me. Please stop talking to me. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here's Here he is. Gary Busey. Yes. I don't know if that's a Stephen King joke or a Gary Busey joke. I think that's a Gary Busey. I don't think that was in the script. Now, and supposedly he said that he that, that he ad libbed a lot, but I'm like, yeah. I don't think he ad libbed as much as people think he did. It's like, but I'm sure like there he added his own flavor. I think that's all Gary Busey right there. Say it, don't spray it. So, Gary's son Jake, yes, about the same age. Yep, and he was he was he was with his dad on location yep. during the shoot, and said that him and Corey Hain became good friends. He hung out a lot, is what I yeah heard. hung out a lot. Went fishing and this, yep. you know, and you know, like Wilmington probably had a lot of stuff for you know, like I mean. When it comes to like, you could, you know, like no one knew who Corey Ham was at that point in time. So those boys could be boys. Oh, yeah. And um, here we go. Yep. <laughs> There's the week. <laughs> and see, I think, and I think by Gary having a son himself, I think he, oh, yeah. He knew exactly. Yeah, how to do this? You know, it's like he really, uh, boy, he really shotgun now. <laughs> Guy's got no throat left. So, this is another thing about the script that there's a bit of a parallel here with Marty and Jane. And the two of them, this brother, sister, you know, it's interesting. Like I picked up on that when I was watching it again earlier today. Like there's just some, yeah. really, there's some really nice touches here. And I think, you know, it's, it's King's script, but also we didn't talk about this. The director, um, Dan uh, Adius, I think is how you say his name. Yeah. You say it a little differently than yeah, Addy, yeah, yeah. That's it. He, uh, this is the only feature he did, but he's, yeah, you may have seen this. He's, directed a ton of television shows like really good television shows 
And um, yeah, I, th- I think this is the only feature he's ever done, but he, yes. but he's done a ton of yeah other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he directed Sopranos, the wire, bunch of, a, a bunch of great television, but the Muppets love boat. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting stuff here. There's some stuff here. No. Yeah, really good scenes he's directed. So, uh, so, so another reason you know this is not Maine. Uh, this is North Carolina, not Maine. Yeah. The NWA wrestling. I used to watch this every Saturday night. Came on eleven thirty, folks. Uh-oh. And he's so bust his chops, Buster Rhymes. What? <laughs> Buster move. Buster Browns. <laughs> hurts my parts. <laughs> well, so much for my parts. I think his parts are about ready to get hurt. Let's see if I got a Nerf dart in here. Yeah, he's, he, I know he's, he's talking about rock salt. One shell. All right, buddy. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> What's the possible? Uh huh. My old man wove a tapestry of obscenities. <laughs> I'm telling you, Jesus. my old man, my old man deserved to die. <laughs> no offense to Toma Felcher, but I think this movie would have taken on a whole new dimension if Gene Shepard didn't <laughs> Gene Shepard's silver bullet. <laughs> you shoot your eye out, kid. He literally did shoot his eye out in this movie. <laughs> he really <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, man. He did it. Hey, he shot he shot it twice. Play with fireworks and with the and with a gun. Shoot your eye out, kid. <laughs> hmm. You know, I got a feeling he stinks of like Marlboros and stale beer. It smells like meat and cheese. We talking about rancid beef and cheese? Yeah. Like what the? What is this? It's like this dude. Like he's some hillbilly redneck, and he's got like a greenhouse, and is like, what is he growing in there? It's like, well, they okay. It shows ferns, but I saw like someone mentioned, and I don't know. I don't. Someone mentioned that you know he probably was he probably was growing weed or something marijuana or something, but like I don't see any evidence of that from this. Yeah. It looks like ferns and so that stuff. brings up that brings up something. Uh, killed that perfectly good planter. Yeah, um, I really think they should do a remake of this. I think you could do a really really good solid remake of this movie. Oh, I I totally agree, and I don't I don't think it you know it's not an insult to I think if anything yeah, it's definitely just, not. No, I think it's um, they sped up the movie. You can tell. Uh, 
If the werewolf doesn't get you, the wood will. Yep. Uh, and supposedly, sorry, I didn't cut my volume down because I don't want to be. Oh, here we go. That press herald. Okay, you can't. It's hard to see from, uh-huh. but it's, it says 1980 uh-huh. on the 1980. It started out, said spring of 1976. I thought it was going to come back yeah. later. Uh, you know, someone didn't do a good job of. They didn't. Of keeping it's possible that there were rewrites and they just didn't, it was already shot and they didn't catch it. It's kind of hard to know which came first in those, but yeah, that's a good catch. Continuity yeah. of the year, yeah. It's and there's 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 a couple, uh, you know, which I was thinking about that. It's like this is this is like the I mean, I know this is the third Stephen King film filmed in Wilmington, but this is the first movie filmed in Berghoff. Yeah. And and there's and even though it's the third Stephen King, there's there's not too many more movies that were filmed at this point in time. So this is really one of the first. Yeah. I mean, this is like you're talking like a new industry for oh, Wilmington. Yeah. yeah. Getting started. I got your pride umbrella or your pride kite. Because <laughs> she hates me and loves you. Yeah. You booger. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, wow. Like, it, it's like, how did he even get up to that tree in that tree to begin with? Like the distance, the distance he's got, of he's got tremendous upper body strength. I mean, like, no, he he's like you, even if he stood, even if his legs worked, he could he couldn't. I don't yeah. think he could reach the well, he, he crawled across the ground to the tree trunk and shimmied himself up. Yeah, now that's now that now that he could have done and then it showed that that's a good point. There we go. There's a there's a workaround. I like it. He's gonna go mow somebody's yard now. Now someone brought up and I I wish it was me if it was not. Somebody brought up the fact that Brady's kite has a smiley face on it. Yeah. And that that is a reference to the howling about that every time a a smiley face showed up, danger was about ready to happen. Like something bad was happening. And um, someone said that that must have thought the director did it because in the book, it's uh, in those drawings that you're talking about. That it was it was another the kite wasn't a smiley face right, and I looked at the script the screenplay, and it does have smiley face kite like is the bold part above, but does never mentions the description of the kite. It does say a smiley face kite, but I don't know if that was added. So I don't know whose idea that was. If that was Stephen King's idea, or if that was mm. the director's idea. Yeah, I don't know. But somebody did bring that up, and I thought it was a really My good point. Tire gonna beat you up. Yep. This is the scene that I always come in on whenever this is on TV. This dude has anyone seen my son? So, well, let me tell you what. This guy, I think he does a fantastic job in the scene that's coming up right here. Yeah. Yep. This whole sequence here is what I always yeah. comment on. So, this scene was filmed at two o'clock in the morning. I just I read a, I saw a little video clip on this. 
And what they presented to the director was like a really bad mannequin that was broken up and had like blood splattered on it. That's why they don't show it. And that's why they don't show it. And it was like, they didn't have time to like to, and the director was freaking out. He didn't know what to do. And this guy was he showed up there and he says, and he saw how bad it looked. And he says, I think I can give you what you need and you don't have to show, you don't have to show it. And I think you're going to see it right center right here. Is he singing? (laughs) (laughs) Coffin's crying. The mom is just like, yeah, I know. It's like hers is not as, yeah, most she's just. I wonder if I left the stove on. Yeah. I'm going to just sneak a little snort here for, yeah. Uh, okay. Maybe I should. No. So, oh, now in the script, this is, I just think some of the stuff's interesting to give people this. I, I think they kind of, in this first, this first funeral, because there's two, because there's a couple different funerals in this movie, but the first one, he gives, he gives Marty and, and Tammy sitting aside, Tammy sitting beside him in the script and he let, and they both take a swig off the, off of it. So I guess that's good that they didn't do underage drinking and. Life sucks. (laughs) I'm like, peace. I've, I've never heard any pastor Priest, pastor, this? Christian church, whatever, ever say that. Like this, a funeral you read from Revelation. Yeah, yeah, like this is the comfort that I'm going to give you, that the be- the face of the beast will be made known and it will pass. During these times of difficulty, <laughs> I like to turn to the book of Revelation. And after this, I looked and there was a vast multitude from every nation. <laughs> It's like that's my comfort. Well, Lord help us. The dragon stood on the sand in the sea. I saw a beast coming up. Hump glory. It's like beast. Who's talking about a beast? Somebody just killed these people. So here's where, yeah. So like this is this is where so the the 12-year-old wheelchair boy is the one who brings up the idea that there's a werewolf possibility and the crazy alcoholic uncle is dismissive of it it's like if anybody would be spouting werewolf it should be uncle red it should be uncle red (laughs) he sees werewolves every weekend after his benders so i showed this movie i i let i let logan and one of his friends watch this movie oh really so um and it was neat because I, I forgot about this. It's like going, they were trying to figure out who the who the werewolf was, who oh, the person yeah. was. And I forgot that about the, the fun of like not knowing who it was going to be. And it was interesting. Like they were saying, oh, I think it's him or I think it's him. And like, you know, like Uncle Red was one of the people they thought could be. It's a possibility. That's a good um, point. And you know what? Like we're talking about doing a remake of this. If doing a remake. I would not make the, the pastor 
the werewolf. I would change it up. That's what you know, remaking it. I would set it up like, oh yeah, it is. But then I'd do a little twist on it. Somebody else. Oh, this is great. You couldn't catch a cold. Burn. You couldn't catch COVID. <laughs> that's the new, that's the new, that's the remake for you. We're going to catch them. You couldn't catch COVID. Mm. Silver Bullet 2, private. Silver Jesus. Bullet 2, you couldn't catch COVID. I'm Judge Dredd in Tarker's Mills. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just standing over here in the corner waiting for the face of the beast to be made known oh this is good listen to this we did too we were there He looked like a cheap mannequin. Private Justice. This fall on CBS. Harmony Hill. I found my thrill. Well, he's, he's dead. I couldn't really explain it to him. Uh, sorry. Starting with my wife. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, wait. She's so, yeah. So, so, yeah. Harmony Hill referenced the Salem's lot. Yep. I do bit. like stuff. I do so, like when they. They need to nuke Stephen King's main from orbit. There's just like, <laughs> there's too many bad things going on there. Yeah. This scene here is kind of like a good misdirection. Like, We're going to hunt that beast you talked about. Yeah. Right? We're gonna make, oh, yeah, we're yeah, we're gonna make that beast beast space be known. Please, will somebody run me over? That is Eastern North Carolina, right there. Yeah. Boy, he's Bill there, man. He's awesome, dude. I like him. It's the Werewolf 5K. Yay! 
How, how you say his last name? Smir uh, Smirtrovich. Smirtrovich. Yeah, he's a terrific he, actor. Yeah. He like he he hit like on something that I did. I did something I made some comment on his post. Um, you know, he's got a lot older. I mean, he's like everybody this, you know, that's been 35 years. He's had a um, great career though. He has a great career. He has, and um you know, you're talking about us doing some different Zoom do or different um podcast ideas. He'd be a good one. Um, he would be a great one. And um, he's done so much good stuff. I mean, TV movies, terrific actor. Yeah, I would. Yeah. My, um, aside from this movie, there were two, uh, two TV series that he was in that I just loved him. Um, the first one was Life Goes On. Oh, yeah, that was good. And then he was also in Millennium, which was an X-Files spinoff of sorts he played a, a police officer a lieutenant it was really good he and lance Henriksen were in that they they made a really good team and so was terry o'quinn terry o'quinn was in millennium <laughs> oh this is walter Matthau, jack lemon so <laughs> it just it's like what it looks like grumpy old man Grumpy old werewolves. Oh! <laughs> well, that foot's gone. That's that's made me to laugh, and it's funny. Like, yep. take it, Virgil. I gotta say, Bill's rocking that mustache beard combo. Yeah, he did. Now that has a seventies kind of look to it. Logan. Cause that mustache off, he'd have a Logan. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Smitrovich is Wolverine in Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet. Hey, his claws come out. He's the only to fight him. As thick as pea soup. Wait a minute. This is pea soup. Snipe Hunt. Stephen King's Snipe Hunt. <laughs> Put the black man in front. This is an 80s movie. This is what we do. Yeah. Well, there's and there's two black men here in this in this thing. And it's because somebody's uh read somebody, somebody said <laughs> lemonade in your pants. No, I make fudge. <laughs> if it's in the script, she said something like, You got you got any ice cubes or something with it, or I forgot something that that King added yeah, yeah. to that, but they cut it. Yeah, uh, yeah. which I'm glad they did. That was that was funny enough. You didn't need the ice cube thing. It's under the falls. 
It's no longer in arrears. Like the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yep. Got the brother. Whew. Yep. I made fudge. There it is. So in the original screenplay, I, I read that the, the werewolf actually speaks. Like he actually. Yes. So there was dialogue here that they wound up cutting out. And he says, and he met, and he makes fun. He goes real slow. He, he, and he does the real slow, supposedly. I think he laughs at one of parts from Inspector Gadget. Real slow. Yeah, real slow. <laughs> Next time, Marty. Next time. See, this is what I'm talking about. Werewolf serial killer. He's like Hannibal Lecter with the police baton beating the guy. Just you know. Boy, I tell you what, the uh, casket business in this town is booming. And I don't think I've ever seen people sway as much as they're swaying in the <laughs> I don't, I don't know how they do it up in Maine. Obviously, they, this is what they but do in Maine. They, they swing back and forth. But. And wave them like you just don't care. <laughs> I know. This is like, where did, what church does this? Yeah. Please be seated. Y'all are making me seasick. <laughs> now, this scene here, the this is a pretty good scene. It is it's even more elaborate the way the way Stephen King wrote it, which this yeah. is this gives it the essence of what Stephen yeah, King yeah. wrote, but it's even more elaborate in that. And they would have done it. Oh, it would have been wild. Yeah. He was talking about a baby turning to a werewolf. What? You would have saw, they'd said, some of the werewolves were singing, having sex in the aisles. Good Lord. Brady, Brady comes up through, through, the, through the casket in one of the scenes, of one of the, it's, and they sing that Ryan Gold beer tune to the 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 hymn becomes the Ryan Gold when they all turn into werewolves here. Yeah, they sing the Ryan Gold. Uh, this was another good misdirection. You know, you like. Oh yeah, the Reverend's having nightmares about all this. Yeah, I thought this was uh, this was. And oh, there's and that was written in about the about the organist banging the keys. Like she, he he described it like Jerry Lee Lewis on. But yeah, I think I think that was really I think I still thought that was I thought they did a good job with that. I mean, they didn't have to do.
Yeah, that's some gala. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to smack you. One of these days, Jane. Pow, right in the kisser. You're politically incorrect, Jane. That's not very nice. You didn't use your proper pronouns, Jane. That's a, that's a belt when we get home. <laughs> the curfew is at three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> and I think that's supposed to show that, yeah, people that the, the town got scared. Says, yeah. Well, that's what they were, typically do in Stephen King's stories. When stuff starts to go bad, everybody leaves town. That's what happened to Salem's Lot. Everybody, everybody didn't, didn't get turned into a vampire, was hightailing it out of there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, my friend died, but dang yeah. it, the fireworks! I mean, what's that? What the heck? Yeah, there's supposed to be more about. Tammy and her family. Yeah. And they just kind of like kind of cut some of that. And they so that was his way of saying that. Yeah. Her her family left town after her dad yeah. got killed. I think if if I had if I was had the opportunity to remake this, I think I would do it as a television miniseries, like on HBO or you know, one of the or AMC. I would do like a like a six-hour miniseries because I think there's a lot of things like what you're touching on and stuff that's in the book. I think would really be good additions. There it is. Yeah, man. Hell yes, it's for you. I don't know why, but I just thought about that Instagram video you shared with me of, of Gary Busey and his cockatiels. <laughs> Bear keeps attacking him. His bird attacks us. Right at the end. Ow! You know, I, I made comment to you about how this, I, I could help but laugh, and I said, sorry, Gary. And his son, his you know, he's got a young son. Mm-hmm. That, um, his young son hit like on my comment that he liked what I said, whatever. Uh, like, you know, I was like, you know, I'm a, I like Gary Busey, so it's. I do too. Well, you know, he did. Um, what was the, what was the movie he did that, that he got an Emmy, that he got an Oscar nomination for? Um, was it the Buddy Holly story? The Buddy Holly story. And, you know, like that was filmed, like that was based on a, Buddy Holly was, I think, out of New Mexico, where my dad's from. Oh, yeah. That's and right. so, like, so, like, I was, like, I remember watching that on, I don't think it came on HBO. I think it did. I think, like, oh, yeah. all the things that we talked about before, stuff was, you know, like, 
HBO had a big influence on our generation for movies and to get to see a movie again and again. Even even if we didn't want to see it again, we we, we sometimes just watched it because there's nothing else on, so we watched it again. Anyway, but but like you know, but like you know, Gary Busey, what he ended up doing like what, Lethal Weapon, um, Predator Two, Predator Two. I mean, so there's, I mean, he was, he um, was uh, Point Break, Point Break. Oh, that's another good one. He was great in Point Break. Yeah, he was, and I mean, and he say and. I wonder if you know, like you know, by him that by them showing him put his put his flask back in his jacket at the funeral. I yeah. kind of wonder if that was supposed to be a a turn in the direction that he was like so. easing off the booze and I you know because so. they're because ha- they're having a happy dinner conversation and you know moment and mom's happy and you know brother sister or whatever everybody's kind of having a good time. Uh, I I thought I thought what you had for me was the new silver bullet, but okay, yeah, give me something else. He wouldn't. Yeah. So all these people are dying in town. So you're saying something that as much as I like this movie, there are moments where it's like the characters display a complete, I mean, I know he's a kid and I know he wants to light those fireworks, but it's like, dude, come on. And then I think, all out the I think, and if and, and he's the one character who believes uh-huh. that it's a possibility exactly. a werewolf, uh-huh. it's like that would scare the bejesus out of me at 13, like, 12. 
if it's sundown, I ain't going outside. Yeah, I'm like, oh, the only way I'd leave the only way I'd leave the house after sundown if the house was on fire. And if I was gonna light those fireworks, I'd be like, you know what? When you come back, Uncle Red, we'll go out and light them. I ain't going. Yeah, out. we'll do it together. Or get yeah. my let's get let's get Dad help guy here. Let's do this up. But he's out. He's out of space. Delinquent. And the other thing they don't explain there, and they cut to it, like his parents didn't wake up hearing the racket that thing makes. Like, come on. Because yeah, it's loud. I mean, you can tell me. And like somebody's not calling, somebody's outside past curfew, riding around, making noise. The sheriff be showing up. Uh, you're breaking all the COVID restrictions. Sorry, you need to go home. Marty, you're violating COVID restrictions. Uh, you don't have on your mask. You need to put your mask on. Back up, Terry. Back up, Terry. Have you seen that video? Uh-uh. These guys are firing off fireworks, and the guy who's lighting it is in a wheelchair. And so his his relative is, like, telling him after he lights the fire, he's like, back up, Terry. And the guy can't back his wheelchair up. It's motorized. <laughs> and it's, so the thing blows up with him right next to it. Fortunately, he wasn't hurt. But it became a kind of an internet thing because you just hear his cousin saying, back up, Terry. Back up, Terry. Like that one thing that it showed of him, that werewolf in the – in the woods, yeah. it's a yeah. lot different than what oh, to yeah. me. What I really so, wish that they had followed more closely with the design of the werewolf in the in the book in the illustrations. Well, what I read is that the werewolf, the costume wasn't finished, wasn't ready when they started production. Uh, so they went ahead and started filming stuff that didn't require you know the werewolf in it when it was finished dino hated it right did not like it at all but it took so long to make anyway then making another one was going to take forever you know he was just like it's gonna put him far behind production and schedule and everything like he relented well they put a dancer some kind of they put an actor dan- I put a dancer inside the costume to like give the give it more of a fluid or something movement to the werewolf. And Dino didn't like it. Didn't like it. So suppose so so that's why I did it. I shot my eye out. Yep. There it is. Yep. Yeah, the werebear. Yeah. That's not care bear, folks. That's werebear. Werebear. Wear bear. So yeah, I mean, so I mean, if if you're watching this and you don't like the costume or don't like how this werewolf looks, either did the either did the owner, the executive producer, the uh, he was not thrilled with with this. Even with all those issues for an '80s movie, it's it's not bad. I mean, oh no, I mean that's I mean it, it definitely it's it's I mean to me it's like hey it's something a little different. I mean it doesn't have to be, you know you don't gotta have every werewolf look exactly the same, 
what you think in movies, it's like, hey. Uh, just saying that he didn't like it. That's all. I'm just saying, and my point is, is like, yeah. Marty, I saw Where Turkey last night or Where Wild Turkey. <laughs> wild Turkey. Uncle Red's already getting past his divorce. I've seen phone call. She asked him if he's okay. He's like, do you see what I'm wearing? No, I'm not okay. Mom, mom made me wear this. Don't don't need to know. So so this this lady who's at this house, yeah, she's supposed to be the teacher, one of the teachers in the community, right? And this lady's a. A Wilmington native. Yeah, I, I kind of figured she was. Well, well, and this is her real, this supposedly is her, like, this is her husband in real life. And this is their house. This is their actual house that they lived in. Um, hello, Jane. Hello, Jane. Seen any werewolves lately? <laughs> Now watch this barber. Yeah, I know. Here. Is that <laughs> man? Man, that almost scares me more than the werewolf. He's cutting a mannequin's hair. That dude is like, yeah. I mean, it scares it scares the crap out of me. Just look at him. He's like. <laughs> You know, try out. You see on the the counter behind Bill Smitrovich, there's like three gourds. I saw the gourds. Like, what's up with the gourds? I don't. He's a, he's a barber, and he also collects gourds in his spare time. Do I look like I got bottles or cans? Put my hot towel back over my face. Don't come back. Oh, you know where this is, right? Yes, that's the Dixie Grill, my friend. Dude, when I saw that, I said, "That's look at it. Looks like Dixie uh, Grill." And I said, "No, it can't be." I said, "It can't be yet." I was like, "Nope, can't be yet." I said, "It's, it's got to be Burgall. It can't be. Why would they? Why would they be mostly the stuff in there? Because that barbershop's in Burgall. So why would that be there?" Yeah. Sure enough, man, it, I looked that up and it's yep. in uh, someone else had already found it. Just when they got to the front of it, I was like, that's it. We've been there. That's yeah. So if you're listening, that's still? the Dixie, that's the Dixie grill in is church still in existence. In, yeah. Yes, it is. That's a, that's a United Methodist church. 
Zion Methodist Church, I think is the name of it. Is it in Burgaw or Wilmington? It is. It's down. It's closer to Leland, closer to Maximum Overdrive. Deal. Um, it's south. It's south. I'll give you a little backstory. They um, there's about ten different churches that that they had were in process or or started or in the process of having the scenes. The, yeah. And okay, this the church that you see the interior of the shots of the the. the the funerals with the the coffins is a church in downtown Wilmington. This church is the exterior shot is out is yeah. south of that. So yes. when churches when churches started to find out, like they agreed to, like like to be like for the movie. Yeah. But when they found out what the movie was going to be about, uh-huh. churches started like pulling out like nope 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 we can't have our our church associated with with this kind of movie or whatever. If we ever uh, if we ever watch the movie that I worked on here in North Carolina, I'll tell you my church story because there's a, there's a scene that's shot in a church and, you know. Did you have the same issue? Did you have the same issue, Chris? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. We really did. Yeah. So, yeah, so what you're seeing here, this church here is just exterior only. Yeah. I'm telling you, the, if you're listening to this, uh, but the interior scenes is a church in downtown uh, Wilmington that's so they're two different places but and there we see the peacemaker Entos, the peacemaker okay um listeners uh Chris does I'm gonna let you into a little secret here Chris does uh he designs t-shirts he did he started designing t-shirts long before we started doing podcasts but he um he did he just did a t-shirt for silver bullet and there's a when it's got the peacemaker at the bat with a like a werewolf claw like tear on it uh it's called uh contentorama am i right chris that's the name of the um the name the t-shirt business but t-shirt business contentorama but um, it's on tpublic.com but you can you can find it on tpublic.com and um when I do a when I do a filming location video for for this movie, which I plan on doing, I will make I will not not only will I mention it, I will also have the link um, in the video description. So if you're listening to this down the road in in 2025 or 2032, uh, and it's been many years since this thing is we've done this, check it out. You can still get it. Thanks. I'm sure you can. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a top seller. <laughs> it's, but, it's but 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 it really is cool. It really is a cool shirt. I've been doing some of these shirts because you know they're from movies that definitely have uh, a fan following. They're still cult classics, but they don't yeah merchandising love necessarily. No, but that's a great. I mean, that's a great. I mean that that peacemaker thing is just it really is good. I love the way it turned out, I was able to do a couple of things and get it to, to work a little and bit. i know i just talked through i'm sorry to people listen i know i talked through one of the the great scenes there of of jane and the she's figuring out that the 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 reverend is the werewolf or she thinks he is is that when he goes jane you're trembling and she's like no i think i just had too much sun and he goes do you want to come into the parlor yeah Have okay. And lie down. Creepy and reverend. It's like, no, nah, I don't need. He's to. like, do you want to have a soda? Really, cold drink. Cold drink. Have some soda. 
Perhaps some roofies. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I'll drive you. Give your best. Give your regards to your brother, Jane. He was getting ready to do his Nick Fury cosplay in this <laughs> mode. So yeah, I don't know. So I just mentioned we mentioned Dixie Grill. Yeah, I think this must, as far as I know, this is that's the first time that Dixie Grill was used yeah. in Wilmington on film. Yeah, was right there. I think that was it. Yeah, because I know Raw Deal came in '86, the next year, and then hiding out after that. Yeah. But it is weird that they use that that they use Dixie Grill there because like everything else. I mean, yeah. I mean, like I mean, like so much of downtown Burgall was used, like the barber shop, um, the exterior for for the bar was used. I don't know. It, it, it just it's just kind of weird that they. Talk to the hand. The red ain't listening. Play Hardy Boys meet the meet the werewolf. Uh, that was a great line. And I hope you do that. I hope you do a t-shirt for that. I hope you end up doing that t-shirt. Like the Hardy Boys one? The Hardy Boy one. I have to work on it some more if I'm going to do yeah. that one. I, we need to throw that out there to the listeners and see if they'll respond. I, I may have to change it up, though, just to avoid trademark stuff from the Hardy Boys to, like, the 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 Coast Law Boys or something. Oh, me interesting. Although... Red's last name would not be Coast Lawson. It wouldn't be. It, yeah, you're right. How about the King Boys? So this is a scene where I think Haim does such a good job. This is like the first time I feel like they really deal with the fact that, you know, he's he can't walk, that he's, you know, unable to walk and I like the way they handle it it's not like over the top it's just him watching these boys play and you just see it all in his face that like yeah can't do this and then of course it segues right into this which it's great and this whole looking through the like you're showing you're showing through the the vehicle that did it with um Uncle Red looking at the at the pastor, looking at him at the church, yeah. doing it here, but that's like that's Armando. They he he did a lot of that with Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, there's a lot of scenes. If people, if you're familiar with Maximum Overdrive, uh, where they show inside the truck, looking out, you know, like like you know, like looking through the glass. Yep. Out. Um, that's kind of I think that's an Armando thing. How they how he filmed that. 
Yeah, I guess it must be part of his style. Yep, there's Eastern North Carolina. Oh, yeah. Asphalt's nearly white. I'm Nick Fury. I'm Nick Fury. Marty, I'd I know I bring this stuff up a lot of times in my videos, but like movie magic, like, okay, like Burgall was, I mean, probably Burgall to that, to, to the house that they use for, for Marty is probably, I don't know, good 20, 25 minutes away, maybe 30. This, where the, that baseball scene is filmed in Burgall and like this is totally opposite direction of where mm -hmm. like going home would would really be, but you know that's there was a North Carolina wildlife sign on the yep, side. Of yep, it's just they just just a glimpse of it. Yep, Marty, I want to talk to you about an initiative I'm starting. Smoke screen. I'm going to ram you. Yeah. And he's, I'm telling you, like, even from, Ooh. like, you know, like, he's looking rougher and rough, like, like, they're trying to show the, you know, the five o'clock shadow is getting more and more and. He's getting hairier. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to show you, they're trying to. Can't catch him. Uh-huh. Suck it. <laughs> no, that eastern North Carolina soil gets them every time. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I should have filled up. You know, if he had a Mr. Fusion installed in the back, he wouldn't have to have, deal with any of this. He could have already hit 88 miles per hour and went flying up in the air. I went back in time. Was this built for the movie? It was built for the movie. Okay. And I will probably save it for the yeah. four people. I want more people with the details now, but in my film location video, I will I definitely want to see that. I will I will explain the covered bridge scene. The location and dude, I will go with I'll tell you, I, I went into great detail to figure out. <laughs> I'm telling you, people I go like, you are such a nerd on this stuff. I am. But yeah, I've my conclusion is it, it is it was a set built on a bridge very similar to the same bridge that we saw them originally go over when he was when he was about knocked them off the bridge. It's not the same bridge, but it's on the, it's the same road, just down the road. I don't know, a couple miles down the road, it's the same, but they did this. I think this was completely a set built on top of that bridge or another bridge like it. Oh, this is great.
Oh yeah, that's a bag of crazy right there. The will and mind of God. <laughs> Must be trying out a new sermon on him. Yeah, exactly. Logan's Logan loved how he was, you know, like telling him how he was going to kill. You know, he's like, you're going to have an accident, Marty. You're going to fall into the river. Marty, what in the world are you doing in this bridge? Spooky here, ain't it? That's where Gary Busey uses his CSI skills. Yep. He's processing. Told you. Gary Busey puts on his sunglasses. He's like, well, I guess we're not colorblind. (laughs) (laughs) Hee-haw, (laughs) hee-haw. Doing his joke from earlier. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm smoking right now. Okay, it's about as stupid as I thought. Little, little Marty going out to shoot fireworks. Yeah, this is equal. Yeah, uh, I'm like, yeah. Uh, can you wait? Can you wait till morning? Next morning. Daylight, you know, you can see yeah, what's going fair. on. It's the last one you'll ever smoke. Watching this scene just reminds me of like the movie that I worked on. We shot a lot at night and you see how it's so lit up there on the side of the church. Yeah. They got one of those big old lights suspended way up on a crane to give light to this area. Cause I'm sure there were no street lights around there. No, I don't think there is any that, that light. Oh no, actually, you know, there's that a, light, that kind there's of, a, they're using those. There's, there's a so bright. I mean, it's like you can't even look at it. It'll blind you. There's a tennis court. I'm, and it was it was there back in the day. Sorry, we get my battery. But I wonder if um, if they use. But you're right. I'm. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure exactly the way those rigs. They they've got a 
a light up on the the can on the crane or what they I mean they've either put it up on a crane or it's up on a another structure but those lights are super bright they use them for night shoots is it, it's supposed to mimic moonlight but obviously that'd be some serious moonlight if it was that bright So I wonder if I need to start giving me one of those things to bring with me when I do my night shoot filming. Yeah, you always need light for uh, night shoots. Um, no, like a really big, I need to bring a big old light, light up the side of the... Well, they've got portable flashlights now that give you that kind of light. Well, I'll be date. Case closed forever. Well, I probably should call this in, but I'm just going to look around a little more. You know, I probably should have called back up or brought my deputy with me or deputy dog. We've done this during the day. But, you know, I gotta say, right there, he should, he should have like shot yeah. right there for him. Yeah, he's probably one of the worst sheriffs. I mean, just wow. And he's and peacemaker's back. Yeah, it's back, baby. Oh, smokers jelly. Boy, Eddie Monsters let himself go. And that's it. that's what it <laughs> and seagulls and Wilmington. Okay. Dabber, presto, change silver bullet. It gets woofier. So, how do we post up? We're kids. How do we know how we became a werewolf? We don't know. For for you and for folks listening, if you haven't looked into this, so this whole story, like Stephen King's Cycle of the Werewolf, this story, 
it actually has roots in a um, historical story uh, about, it was in France. Um, it's called The Beast of Gévaudan, or Gévaudan. Um, but apparently this was back in the 1700s. There was a, a werewolf that was killing off uh, a bunch of locals. Um, there were there was a study done, it was about 610 attacks, 500 deaths, 49 injuries, 98 of the victims were partially eaten. Um, wow. Yeah, so nobody knows, like, there's a lot of speculation. In fact, this was, um, it was made into a film in France called, uh, I think it was called uh, The Company of Wolves. Silverette, Bullet. Brotherhood of the Wolf. That was the name of it. What a silver bullet, huh? (laughs) That voice you just did, that sounds just like Dana Carvey's impersonation of his dad. (laughs) Ever heard him do routines about his dad? He's like, oh, oh, you want a silver bullet? Bullet. How about a werewolf? I can't do it now. That got me, got me off, off kill, so I can't do it. Oh, how about a werewolf? You come into my shop and you give me a necklace and a couple of necklaces. You want me to make you a silver bullet? Oh. <laughs> like I've got nothing a better werewolf. to do with my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Tova. I hope they. I hope she got paid a lot to do this. It takes silver to kill her. Mm-hmm. I owe silver. Nice. To to what? A gag? You mean to tell me I just spent the last three days making this bullet? A werewolf. Werewolf? Oh, but a werewolf. Here's an old joke from Young Frankenstein. Werewolf, darewolf, darecastle. Dad's talking to himself again. See, uh, Jane is sporting the Cliff Huxtable sweater collection. <laughs> that is, that makes you go, okay, this, maybe this is, maybe this is 80s and not, not 76. She's wearing the, most of the things could have passed, but. Bye, you guys. Don't let those kids run your ragged. John Hughes, Uncle Red. <laughs> Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. You get the keg? Yeah, I got the keg. <laughs> Yeah, this, yeah. 
So apparently this house was a real house in the area, but it got bulldozed. They put a shopping center in here or shopping strip mall or something. It is is a a Target's in the backside, and there's some other strip stuff, you know, PetSmart. I actually, when when Logan and I went down and filmed for some hiding out stuff, those videos, uh, I bought him a hermit crab from the PetSmart that's probably really close to where this house was standing. So supposedly, I don't know, I read a couple places that maybe the house got moved prior to being this stuff on. And I'm I'm trying to find out where the house got moved to. I don't know if I can find that out or not. I mean, this is really... But that, yeah, but this, yeah, this house is right. It's like the, the, the guy who used to live here, like someone else did a video on a little bit of the silver bullet uh, location on the, the, uh, the ramp or the bridge scene where he shows the fireworks and whatever. It's really, I thought it was really good. And the guy wrote in and said, and he, he gave a lot of detail. And I've looked it up, and I was like, sure enough, the guys like like the like the address was correct, the names correct, like the, like his like the people on the land, everything the guy said was true. So I'm like, it's, but uh, but someone else mentioned that thought the house was moved prior to like to them bulldozing all that area and building the target and everything else that came along with it. But it would be really neat to if I could if I could find where the where the house went to. I don't know if I can. I think the only other, I think the only other place that's not there still is, is Tammy's house got bulldozed. Yeah. That one did get tore down. But I think the, the other, the other places are still, in existence. It's a smart werewolf. <laughs> really, Uncle Red? <laughs> he sells this, man. He's good at this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What was he going to shoot? He didn't. He, he didn't have. He had the bullet in the thing. There's no other bullets in there at all. Ooh. So he Gary Busey did that stunt. Did all the all this yeah, own stunts? Do, I think. And I think of this next one. He, he he gets hurt like you talked about. Did you mention this to me? Yeah. 
Yeah, he got some glass or something. In his yeah, arm. right there. This is the one. I think you see it like right there. This yeah. briefly in his forearm. Yeah. That's yeah. That's not. But like he was using a catapult or something to like jump from one side to the other. So well, that's how he was doing it. I just want to be your teddy bear. You'll shoot its eye out. You should have brought the peacemaker. Now, I thought I think this is one of the coolest yeah. scenes here. Yeah. He may not have been that may not have been the best looking werewolf ever, but this whole This was, I think this is awesome special effects. I don't know how they did it, but him going back to. Yeah. A little jump scare action for you. Yeah. What's the girl's name again? What's her? What's the actress? Megan. Megan follows. Yeah, she does a great scream, man. She's you know you talk about the you talk about the some of these these, these scream queens of horror. Yeah, she's got a good. That's a good. She did a good job of that. I can walk now. I love you too, Corey. Good night, audience. Good night, jump boy. Good night, Uncle Red. Hee haw, hee haw. <laughs> Good night, man who made silver bullet for us. Yeah, well, it took me three days to make that bullet. You better put it to good use. God dang it. <laughs> Could be a werewolf. <laughs> How about a werewolf? Why don't you tap and have a popsicle with me? I'm- I need my milk heated up before I go to bed. Oh, you better. Buttermilk. I want my buttermilk. I need a glass of buttermilk before I go to bed. Oh, oh, this is it. Oh, second assistant director, Bruce Moore. I can't say Moriarty. Moriarty. He's the dead guy. He's 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 the guy on the porch. When when Deke and this is a great thing for the those who love Maximum Overdrive, uh, he's the he's the guy on the porch in the swing. is dead. 
that that Deke looks over to and he's uh, on the porch. I think the had a Waltman or something that must have went crazy in his head or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but he's dead on the porch. That's him. Um, that's yeah. I recognize some of these names, um, folks that uh, were working in the film business, film industry here in North Carolina back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, I'm sure there's the main. Yeah. Take me on a joy ride. Joy ride. Joy ride, Jay. Thanks, Jay Chataway. Yeah, he did the music for this. With the with the, the little recording the action there. At the yeah, end. The little... Silver bullet. Silver bullet. Gary Busey had a great deal of affinity for his role as Uncle Red, so much so that he ad-libbed a number of his lines for Silver Bullet, many of which were kept in the movie because Stephen King and the film's director liked what Busey was doing so much. We hope you enjoyed tonight's movie commentary. To learn more about the podcast, visit us on Instagram at the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast. Support for the Midnight Movie Snack Podcast is made available by listeners like you. Your monthly donations help keep the podcast running, delivering episodes about the movies we all love. To learn more about how you can support the podcast, check out the link in the show notes. Until next time, thanks for listening.